This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Whitmer. What's up? What's up? Fuck you. Dave Oster. <laughs> the hatred for the what's up, what's up. Okay, we, always continue. We had like five we're get, comments We're now. getting a ton of them, baby. Yeah. Five what's up, comments. What's up? The They're WPN. What's up, nation, baby? That's not a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Just started. I hope you make shirts for that, and I'm burning <laughs> all of them. Yeah. I will buy all of them and burn them. Dave Oster, how are you? I'm here. As long as you buy them, that's the most important part, I feel I feel so (laughs) underwhelmed, like under the shell of the What's Up, What's Up Nation over my head. You can be a part of the What's Up, What's Up Nation. Don't. I I can't. Let's let's agree, Dave, and and not do that. I I love you guys. I do. I I love all of you guys in the comments. I love when you guys are paying attention to, uh, to all of our stuff. But seriously, What's Up, What's Up should not be a thing. Don't curse the man. It's a thing. God damn it. I appreciate everybody of What's Up, What's Up Nation. Anyways, uh, we're getting into uh, Summer League Talk. We're going to be talking about who is the most important rookie or who is the most impressive rookie, who kind of fell flat. We're talking about just general impressions of the Summer League. We're also talking about the All-Star game being moved from Charlotte to somewhere else. They just, we all, all we know is that they are moving the game from Charlotte, uh, the 2017 All-Star game from Charlotte. And we are going to wrap that up by talking about USA Olympic basketball. The Olympic team just beat up on Argentina 111 to 74. Let's jump into the summer league first and the question i'm throwing out there right away is who is the rookie that impressed you the most is it not papa john's oh yeah papa john's <laughs> who i think shot like 31 percent from the field uh as a guy who shot like a weight to the like, replacement for boogeyman yep 35 percent from the field uh about like two turnovers like three turnovers a game four rebounds as a big man when he's playing 20 games oh he's not the big he's not the worst pick in the draft how could you say that you never see him on the court Thirty-seven percent, thirty-five percent from standing two feet away. <laughs> High percentage shot this kid's taken, and he can't do it. I don't know. It wasn't Papa John's, but uh, who, who impressed you the most? To me, it's got to be Brandon Ingram. He's the guy it's, that it's got to be Brandon. Well, it's Ingram? one of the, it's one of the things where it's like I got to see a a good sample size, I would say, of his games, and plus he was the one where. I'm now excited for. I'm a excited to see this Laker team play against good competition, even though I still think they're going to be bad this year. Everyone does. And two, I am now starting to kind of see the clouds are kind of parting away from Sean's playoff prediction in three years. Hmm. So you're agreeing with me. Well, they need one more piece. They need either a free agent or a draft, but the clouds are coming. They're they're kind of peeking some sunlight. Look, I respect Brennan Ingram, and he's had a really good uh, showing He's inconsistent so far, which is fine. You know, he's a young shooter. He's still trying to get that. The good, the positive is he's gotten that stroke. We see that easy shot, very fluid motion. He's got. He looks like he can score a shit ton. Like that's that's fantastic. But he wasn't even the most impressive guy on his own team. Zubac went out there, dropped ten and seven. Well, okay, if I'm going to pick the most impressive game. Laker, I'm going to pick D'Angelo Russell. But the question was rookie. That's why I went with uh, no, yeah, yeah, rookie. Zubac's a rookie. That's no, but saying. I'm saying like to me the most like I most would say D'Angelo Russell was... was even more impressive than Zubac. I d- different discussion, but look, Zubac, I, I feel like he went out there and he he proved a point that well, he's got more to pl- like he's got more to play for too because well, he wasn't the second overall pick in the draft and so everything. by having less pressure, performing better and still and that, has a roster cool spot because they yeah. need a center. No, I yeah, he I, I, he's spot, fighting for a starting has, role against yeah. the, the the worst contract of the offseason mm-hmm. with Timothy Mozgov. So look, I think he went out there and proved that not only can I play on offense, I can play defense. 
he is an all-around player, and I think he is going to... I mean, obviously he won't start because of that massive contract completely just forcing him to start uh, Moskov, but look, he's going to get more and more time as this season goes on, and he really impressed me. But he's not even my most impressive player. But, Sean, I'm curious to hear what yours is. So Thon I can maker. just shit on that. Oh. Thon Maker. All right, all right, all right here, here we go. Okay. okay. He, he shot terribly from the field, 37%, but he, he was shooting from mid-range. He wasn't standing under the basket. He shot 31% from three for a guy who's 7-1. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And he also had 9.6 rebounds per game, had, had a block a game or around there, and his he was dominating the boards at, at some point. 17 in, in his uh, second game. It was against the D-League All-Stars, but still. 17 rebounds, 17 points, 15 rebounds, 13, uh, 15 points, yeah, He had a triple-double the other day out there, right? Uh, close to one. No, he didn't. No, no, it was ten fouls, right? No, it did ten fouls. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't have. Uh, he had six rebounds. Oh, yeah, so he blew it. Ten blew points, it. ten fouls. Okay, but if you look at the other games, he had six in another one. So he, yeah. he only fouled out of two. If it's NBA Fair rules, but I, know, NBA I know rules. it was intentional fouls at the end of the game, whatever. But no, I mean, Thon was impressive. I mean, we've given him a lot of shit on this show. Uh, you know, for the twenty-three year old, he went out there, had himself a great performance. Uh, and it's not like a Papa Giannis where I said yeah. he was the worst pick in the draft. I said, no, he, I said he just needs to go out and prove himself, and he, he did do that. He, yeah. he did he did a great job out there. This is what we didn't get to see because he you know played in that uh, Canadian basketball group. Uh, it's like the high school, mm-hmm. but it's like the semi pro high school. Mm-hmm. But well, no, it, it was good to see him out there against top top level talent for his age group and seeing guys who he's going to play game in, game mm-hmm. out with in the NBA. And don't forget, with him and Papa Giannis, Thon Maker, was a, Thon Maker was a guy we could have seen go 10, and it's like, okay, I can see why you drafted him there. Papa Giannis was a guy where you took him at 13. It's like, who? Who, <laughs> who did you just take? Why? Uh, where? Out it, of was more, it was more why. Dude, he was a guy that I didn't even have on the radar in the first round, let mine alone was, 13. Yeah, I think mine was like second. Yeah. Let alone at 13th overall. It's like, who? Again, worst pick of the draft. People mm-hmm. say he's not, yeah. but whatever. I'm not, I'm not getting into it. He, he's, he, he could just he could well, deal. Hey, four years down the line, that could be proven to be not true. But right now, I think it might be true. Most impressive to me, though, was Thon Maker. I think, yeah. I think if he learns restraint with his fouls, obviously, because I mean, he still averaged about five a game, whether, mm-hmm. you take out that, whether you take out that 10 foul game. But I think if he learns restraint in when he needs to shoot, and or and what's when to, when to take those threes and obviously just polish his game in general. But he, he does have the skills there. And, and his, his you talked about sweet stroke with uh, Brandon Ingram. That maker's shot looks really good. Yeah, he's not too far behind. Uh, I really like what he showed out there. Now it's just it's always the next question up there. It's okay. He did this in summer league. Now let's see him in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Let's see him go. You know, eighty two games. Can he do it? Can he stay healthy the entire time? You know, it's always. It, with bigs who are you know in that seven foot range, it's always the question. It's not if, but when. When mm-hmm. are they going to go yeah. down to their own body? Because people aren't made to be that tall, to be that athletic, <laughs> and to you know high intensity workouts the way you know NBA games are these days. So look, he he's young, he's athletic, and he's got a good shot. I think he's got a good chance to stay stay healthy. Too. Well, and I mean the biggest criticism of, and I know that people are like, oh, well, and I'm on that side of, oh, it's the fucking summer league. Let's see if they, when they go up against, I want to see what Thon Maker can do when he's going up against like the Draymond Greens, the actual bigs that are like, okay, this guy's an NBA I like how the starter. actual big is Draymond Green. Well, yeah. Okay, DeAndre Jordan, even Steven like Adams, a canter. I don't need to name all the bigs in the goddamn NBA. I just, I just like you name a big. That's it's all. just the one thing is I can't wait to see him, oh, Ingram, Simmons, 
I'd even throw Chris Dunn in there. What they can do against actual NBA starters. I would say I would say any top ten pick too. I mean, I, I'm ex- I'm excited to see what Bender can do actually in an NBA game because he kind of struggled in the summer league. Yeah. Didn't, didn't impress that much, but but still, I want to see what he what he's able to do because the summer league isn't the the whole go to thing. Thon Maker could still flop, and that's yeah, the I mean, one thing. Absolutely. I want to same same with Ben Simmons too. I'll throw him in with Bender. You say kind of uh, unimpressive. He, he wasn't unimpressive, but do you think we weren't focused on focusing on it as much because they had Chris too? It's oh, like yeah. oh well, it's, it doesn't got matter. The if he's, and yeah, they had, they've got Chris as well. And Devin Booker dominated, and so did Eulis. So like, I mean, that, that's was, my guy right there, Devin. Or I'm sorry, not Tyler Devin Booker, Eulis. Tyler Eulis. Like look, oh, met, both of those playing <laughs> together this season. Oh, best friends reunited again. It's the <laughs> Kentucky Phoenix connection, man. Uh, Tyler Eulis went out there, had himself a hell of a summer league. Mm-hmm. He looked like I, I, he was a mini floor general. Like he just looked natural. It's like he didn't miss a beat coming up from uh, college basketball. Still killed it. Had averaged over six assists a game, fourteen and a half points. And the one thing I will say, if I gotta say, if this continues into the regular season, because when he hits the regular season, it's obviously backcourt. I don't know how much well, time he's gonna. It's get. one of those things where if he can show something in practice and kind of prove to the coaches. I know we had a tweet um, asking who uh, we would look at, either Bledsoe or Knight for Phoenix. If I'm one of those two guys, I'm kind of getting nervous if he starts proving himself because it's like, shit, I could be the one that's out, and then he could take my spot spot as the backup. See, those, I think those two will still be uh, a part of that rotation. I think I think Ulysses won't start. I don't, I don't think he'll start right away. I think I think I think with this under with this size, I think he won't start right away. I think away. eventually yeah. it could create well, the discussion. Well, of it's Phoenix. Who's tradable? Somebody's getting traded. Yeah, or someone's who's getting tradable, hurt. Yeah. Knight or, or Bledsoe. <laughs> well, and that's the one thing. Phoenix, Eric Bledsoe. My money's on trades. He hasn't been yeah. healthy. They like to give up young talent. It's what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, both these both the guys we're talking about are locked up on a contract for a couple more years. Seventeen and twenty. So mm-hmm. why not? Uh, but no, I was super impressed by Tyler Ulis, and I think you're right. He did cover up for some of the. Uh, you know, unimpressiveness of the low post player they mm-hmm. drafted. The so. one, the one thing that was kind of sh- shocking to me was the lack of actual impressive shooting from Buddy Heald and Jamal Jamal Murray, who we said were going to be the oh best shooters. Yeah, we walked into this being like, "Oh, these guys are lights out scores. That's what they do in the NBA." And then it got off to a rough well, start. I, it got off to a rough start. I mean, but the sh- like the scoring improved for both of them, but the shooting didn't. I mean, I think Jamal Murray shot like twenty one percent or something like that. He was not effective from three. And same with Buddy Heald, one for seven, one for seven, three from twelve, five for fourteen, Is one it the for eight. NBA- from Three. Is it the NBA range? Well, I don't know. I, I don't but understand he's been why. Taking long shots though his entire mm-hmm. career. That that one kind of bugs me. He and, should and, be used to it. And what the uh, Jamal Murray shot seventy seven for a hundred, and uh, Buddy Heald shot like eighty four from a hundred in that Celtics workout. Celtics gym is loaded. Yeah, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, maybe it's uh, check the balls. R- they uninflated. Rate. <laughs> <laughs> is that hoop at regulation so size? <laughs> Bringing up deflated balls in Boston. <laughs> maybe maybe the floor is a little bit elevated so they have more of a, a line. Uh, I don't know what it is, basket, but yeah, but, that, that was disappointing. It was it was unimpressive for for both of those guys. I mean, it, yeah, they they did put up points. I think I think Murray averaged around nineteen, but he healed or averaged around like seventeen. So they, so they were scoring, but then again, it was just you also played like thirty minutes every but game. You want to talk about filling out a stat sheet? Talk about Jalen Brown this summer league. This guy put up sixteen, six, and almost three a night. And look. Well, he had performance, like flashes of really great performance, really athletic out there, uh, you know, running down the ball across the court. The thing I'm concerned with is, again, it's it's that efficiency out there. He's not always making the best shots. 
And even if he gets a good, clean look at it, he's not able to knock down those shots consistently yet. This is nothing new. This is We've talked about this. We've analyzed this game. It's expected, but it is kind of like reinforcing that concern. It's, all right, he can go out there and ball, but we got a long way to go before he's efficient, and, you know, we can really trust him. See, the one thing that we, I think we, when we did overrated prospects a long time ago, I think we kind of said he's going to be in that James Harden area where he will drive to the basket and make his line at, or make his make his money at the free throw line, and where, where he'll really shine and add on points is at the free throw line, and that's what he did this this summer league, because, I mean, if you look at the points that he did put up, uh, it's, I think he had uh, one of his games where he put up 20, 12 of them from free throw line, his first game, 11 of those points was from free throw line. Uh, the game he put up 25, eight of those were from the free throw line. Yeah, he he's, shot just 32% from the field. Yeah, so. he, he's making his money there. I mean, 30% from the uh, the field is terrible. And if he's going to be making his money at the free throw line, 68%'s got to improve. So, absolutely, absolutely. But but yeah, there, there is still that body that we talked about. He still has that NBA body. He still has that mindset of an NBA player that who can go to the basket and score. And that's the one thing that that, that I like that confidence. Impressive. I'm glad he doesn't shy away from that because then I'd start to get worried. Because if he starts down himself and starts passing up on some of these shots and starts, you know, handing the ball off to other guys, then you, you see a broken guy because it's yeah. like, look, what you are is a confidence score, you're athletic, go out there and get it for yourself. Well, and I don't think that'll happen because who, when he does get to the actual, like now that we're done with Summer League and they actually get mm-hmm. to actual games, who does he got to work with them? Brad Stevens, one of the best coaches with young talent. True. Yeah, true. And, and the thing with with, with Jalen Brown again, he's got the scores mentality of he'll just chuck them up because he, if you look at his stats, I mean, he, he was just chucking them up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The the thing though with the James Harden comparison, he's he's just way less polished because James Harden came in, started shooting forty percent from uh, the the forty uh, percent from the field and about like eighty percent from the free throw line. So also obviously, had better handles when driving. Yeah, to the basket I mean, his, as well. his percentages need to go up. And he, he needs a lot of tooling, but but like you said, Brad Stevens does work well with young talent. Another guy that I want to throw out there only played two games uh so ricky's probably gonna get on him for not playing a lot uh chris dunn chris dunn two games put up 20 20 points in both of them and he i mean i think they were probably like all right let's just not risk injury because we we know he's fine i think i think that was kind of his idea i absolutely agree i think i think you put chris dunn and ben simmons in the same category of yes they're phenomenal talents hey we hit on these spot on everything we ever expected no no reason to put them out there on the summer league floor and risk them more than we need to and yeah, you're right. Chris Dunn absolutely impressed in very short time. Well, and for me, it's because of the small sample size. It's not something like we saw with an Ingram or let's say a Valentine. But I still saw like, huh? Hmm. I know this is gonna piss off T-Bulls fans, but bye bye Rubio. We don't need you anymore. This is our future. Well, we can think about trading. <laughs> I think in you're this a, you're you're a little early on that, yeah. but I think it it's definitely a step in that direction. They, they have that assurance that Ricky Rubio. You know, they've got that guy who can fill in very quickly for Rubio. Rubio's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of savvy, and he's still got, a, I think, the veteran leadership of that locker room. And that's that's going to help them. I mean, obviously, they have K, KG, who's the aging grandpa of that. Yeah, he's the playing coach. Uh, but the, the thing with Rubio is I think he'll still stay for a season, let Chris Dunn still develop, let Chris Dunn get his footing, and then see what they need with Rubio in the lineup. So maybe they do go out and get a center uh, and, and add that, or maybe they go out and get a power forward. For the I don't know. The, the one uh, thing, center. I feel like they already have that power forward big because the guy who impressed me was Adrian Payne. Payne Ex- actually Michigan showed State. up. I mean, I, he's, he's a, a guy, bench player to me, though. Yeah. But he's a guy that could develop, and seeing the stats that he had, 15, 15 points a game, seven boards a game, he shot 41% from the field. This is something where it's like, okay, 
cool. This is the development that I want to see because I kind of want him to fall out of the league because I loved seeing him at Michigan State. And I feel like one day he could See, be a quality player for a team. But a guy who's already 25, he's already had two years in the league. It's nothing. And, and his percentages have always been around that. I mean, his, his uh, first year, he was shooting around like 41% from the field. So, I mean, he, he I think he's just a bench player, though. I don't yeah. think he's, he's I mean, anything for the ceiling. future. That's, that's all he's going to be. A 25-year-old guy impressing for the summer league isn't that impressive. I mean, and, and he's shooting only 40%. I mean... Bobby Portis came in in his second in his second year shooting like forty nine percent and forty one percent from three. I mean, yeah. I mean Adrian Payne. While I think it's just more of an old man dominating a, a young guy's game. I think I think I, I don't think he's going to be twenty five year old being called an old man I mean, compared to these rookies. But I, I, Adrian Payne's an, <laughs> Adrian Payne's a bench player. I, I think with with a guy like Ricky Rubio, you can get way more value than a guy like Adrian Payne in your starting lineup. No, I'm not saying going ahead and start him. I'm just saying I think that he can be able to help this T-Wolves team and yeah. benefit the Coach Thibodeau T-Wolves this year. And yeah. I liked what I saw from him. Yeah, I mean, he can, he can help, but I don't think he's he's the future at all. For no, the I Super wouldn't Bowl. say that he <laughs> no. was. Well, you, you, he, said, you said someone who impressed I, I, I just took event, it the wrong he's, way. I took it the wrong He way. impressed me. It was one of yeah, those things where I was like, way. man, I could actually see him actually get some minutes this year and help out this team. I'm not saying he's going to start over KG or anything. but KG uh, won't start. Yeah. <laughs> it would be Diang. He could. He could. I mean, old no. old man KG still got it, man. It, no, he doesn't. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Uh, anyways, uh, final thoughts on the Summer League. I know you probably want to throw in your Bulls. Uh, well, bulls yeah, let, let, let's do it's, the annual Bulls. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get totally into it because a lot of it was said on the Behind the Pen segment that Rankin had me on. But the one thing with this Bulls, I'll keep it short and sweet. I liked Portis, even though Valentine... Could have shot a little better. From what I <laughs> yeah. saw, what I saw from this young group was okay. We have a group of young guys for Hoiberg to work with. Don't worry about the Wade Rondo deals. Rondo's only going to be here a year. Wade, it's two years, and he's probably going to be gone. These are the guys you need to focus on for the future. As fans, focus on the Portis, the Valentine, even the Grant, because that's going to be the team in three, four years. I'll help you with this. Uh, this, this this pushing of the uh, uh, Bulls rhetoric. I think I think the I think the Bob, Bobby Portis is one of the best players in the summer league. I mean, it, what, yeah. what, it, it, I mean his splits, his, his shooting. He, he looked like a, a man amongst boys there. No, now I'm with you on that. We can now trade Taj at the trade deadline. This is, That's this what is that showed. We Bobby Portis said, "I'm here. You can get rid of the Taj Mahal. Send him somewhere See, else." I, I think this is a little bit of early talk because I'm, I'm and I feel like the same way about the Ricky Rubio well, thing. I said like, at, Taj the trade is like, deadline, at the okay, trade deadline. Okay, the trade deadline. Yeah. Maybe. Let's maybe. not make a Paul Gasol move where we fucking say, no, he's the key to the core, and then he's in San Antonio. But in the meantime, he gives us that excellent score off the mm-hmm. bench, and that way we can go with you know Taj and him on the floor at the same time and stretch that floor out even more. It gives He gives us a lot more options, and I'm happy to see him develop because that rookie year, we got a lot of hype out of mm-hmm. him. And, you know, I didn't get enough minutes. I felt like I wanted more and more and more of him. So Summer League gave me a lot of hope. The one guy I was actually impressed by was uh, Felicio. Like, he went out there, his pick-and-roll game was tight. Him and Denzel had a lot, a lot of uh, teamwork going out there. They know how to roll with it. Uh, he shot something stupid, like 75%, too, he was, right? He had a fantastic summer league. And, like, he was putting up, uh, he averaged, like, 11 points a game and, like, six rebounds. But, yeah, he was shooting 75%. I mean, he absolutely killed it under the net. And I loved it because he was actually weirdly smooth for a big man. Like, look, I my early impression of him was, like, 
Uh, he's a six nine, like fat guy who's just kind of out there to soak up time. He actually looked pretty smooth. His footwork wasn't the best, but it was actually better than expected. So uh, again, I think this uh, this is like what we saw out of the Bulls summer league was basically here's our bench mob, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy with that because they gave me hope. The only thing like you mentioned, Ricky, was the poor shooting out of both Denzel. And uh, Jerry and Grant, they yeah, both but can I do mean, something that's to something that. that I think is going to improve. It's, it, I but mean, the confidence is there that this group of five guys oh, that I we mean, saw start the summer league. Did you see can the come spin, in and run like, with it for our second team and the play one against spin NBA? Spin move from Valentine, just the spin, the shot. I, it's I stuff like away. that where I'm like, man, the confidence is there. Flashes are there. Yeah, it's just because he to can improve. go zero for six in the first mm-hmm. half and still demand the ball at the end of the game and knock down shots. And that's the best. Look at Kobe. He was. Look at Kobe. Don't you dare compare. Get out. No, I went zero for. Six, but still give me the ball. I don't fucking. It's that mentality. No. no, no, I'm not saying he's one of the greatest of all time. I'm just saying it's a mentality. The greats have it, man. The greats God, have Jesus it. All right. Anyways, Sean, uh, put, put put us out of this misery. Yeah, this segment. we're we're gonna put out. We're gonna put the misery out. Uh, tell us who impressed you uh, in the summer league down below in the comments. We're going to move on now to the news coming from the NBA that they are moving the All-Star game in 2017 from Charlotte to a uh, location that has not been announced yet. They're still figuring out where they're going to hold the uh, 2017 All-Star game. But that is in uh, this has been taking place because of the past. Uh, because of the bill passed by North Carolina, the House Bill 2, which limits anti-discrimination protection for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in the state. It's basically uh, dealing with uh, bathrooms and tra- uh, transgender people uh, using the bathroom of their choice uh, and, and not the uh, gender that the, or not the bathroom that they were used uh, when the, with the gender for the gender they were born. Trying to trying to get that out. But what are your thoughts on the NBA taking a stand and moving it from Charlotte? I like it. The main reason why is when you look at different businesses in the United States, the NBA is one of the biggest. You got the NBA, the NFL, even the MLB. The sports world has some of the biggest businesses in it. You got the most eyes on them, too. And this is a stand by Adam Silver saying, hey, you know what? We don't think this is right. We are pulling the all-star game from your city, taking money out of your city that would like they I guess they came in and said that it's an estimated a hundred million dollars lost well, by the city of Charlotte just by pulling the All Star game. Well, you got to think they're they're taking away from hotels, mm-hmm. they're th- taking away from restaurants, yep. taking away from transportation mm-hmm. in general. Uh, just I mean, parking even is going to play into mm-hmm. it. I mean, there's there's a lot here with all the All Star festivities they have. They're taking that all away. Well, and the one thing I kind of did want to throw out there was. The owner of the Hornets obviously is not happy about this. And the one quote that he said, and I quote, shame on those responsible for such a short-sighted decision to take the NBA All-Star game away from Charlotte. I always thought this was a country that all peoples, not just a few, can determine our future. And that was the end quote. And I look at that and I go, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is... (laughs) I know you're angry because really he's being punished for something well, that he didn't have a say. That he in. didn't yeah. have a say in. However, well, you could have. Vo- I mean, if, if we don't know how he voted again the, for the bill, but the way know, I still. the way I see this is this is Adam Silver taking a stand and being a strong leader. And the one thing I kind of think of is we usually we say like, oh, we want that strong leader. We want our leaders to be strong and make the tough decisions. But then when that decision goes against your own, oh, you, you magically don't like him absolutely. anymore. No, it's, that, he made not. a tough decision. He was strong in it, but you don't like it because you're on the opposite side of the aisle. 
Yeah, um, it's it's really just it's it's hurting his his pocketbook, mm-hmm. and that that's why the Charlotte the Charlotte owner's mad. I can't be uh, you know upset at the Charlotte owner owner because if he if he did you know try to you know get this bill not to pass, then obviously he's going to be upset about it. But but still, I mean, your your state that you hold your that your team is placed in is passing a discriminatory law against against people who are just trying to live their life. I mean. It, I mean, you're talking about people, you're you're talking about the NBA trying to take away from Mm -hmm. you making money. Well, you're taking away, you know, basic rights of people. And my short little kind of quip to that is if you don't like how uh, your state does shit, you're an owner, you can move the team. You have that power. You can always drop that bomb. Yeah, yeah, It's not like Charlotte's unfamiliar with losing a team Mm -hmm. either. Yeah. I think it's just the fact that maybe you could have done more to prevent this bill from going Mm -hmm. through in the first place. Uh what I see the NBA doing here is like this is their chance to do some good that actually matters in the world. Look, this is an entertainment game. This is all it means nothing at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So because they have like we talked about the eyes, the ears of so many people, so many media outlets, they can make these statements. They can do this uh, fantastic thing for the press and you know get the word out there that hey, we don't support this. We think what they're doing is terrible. We're not going to allow. You know ourselves to be associated with them as as much as possible, and I think it's fantastic that they've taken this stance, and it's it's almost become like the new thing to do in sports that they're using this as a platform to jump from because we've seen in the WNBA just recently mm-hmm. uh, protests, even in the NBA uh, a couple of years ago, LeBron out there with the shirts, um, various the I public, can't breathe yeah, shirts, yep. various public things that go down that players aren't okay with, and I'm happy that they're using this as a platform to jump from. And I just think that it's a it's a huge step in the right direction to have a whole league do this as as one. I agree. I don't want to compare anything to the great Muhammad Ali of uh, how Muhammad Ali did take a stand against the United States government uh, about you know change you know taking a stand against the Vietnam War. Uh, I don't want to you know really you know take take anything away but from them. But, but that's kind example. of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. that's well, kind of what they're doing. And it's a perfect example of what I was talking about at the time. A lot of people were like, "Oh, what, why the hell is he doing this? Why the hell is he taking a stand?" Then it's like he passes away, and it's like, oh, look at the great Muhammad Ali oh, I don't taking think anyone, a stand. I don't think stuff. anyone took, at, took away from what, it, what, what Muhammad no, Ali I'm it was inflated after at, the fact. At yeah. the time, there were some people that were kind of angry at him for taking the stand. People are going to be angry at this mm-hmm. as well. I mean, people people in North Carolina who are business owners who are going to be affected, they're going to be uh, you know uh, angry at this. And, and the NBA said they're open to having Charlotte host it in 2019, in 2019 if, yeah. the bill is, if the bill is taken yeah. away. It's the problem of... It's 2016 right now. Mm-hmm. This is a basic human right, and we're denying it to a specific group mm-hmm. of people. Purely for, I, I don't really know a reason mm-hmm. why it doesn't add up. Why it was just done? I mean, I, I have I have conservative friends who've tried to explain it to me, and and it's it's because of safety and uh, about uh, child predators uh, affecting. But it, it, the main point is, it, it, it's it's hard to their argument is it's hard to you know see who who's actually going into the right bathroom or uh, stuff like that. But it, it's still the a human right. Is that's unisex bathrooms for all. Yeah. Boom. I, 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 the, the NBA is just taking uh, taking a stance, like just like other artists did, uh, like Bruce Springsteen. He pulled a show mm-hmm. uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina, I believe. Pearl Jam did it as well. Uh, Circus Soleil actually did it. Uh, Ringo Starr did it. Uh, Boston, uh, the band, uh, but yeah. not uh, Cindy Lauper, Mumford and Sons. There's a lot that have uh, have t- uh, taken a stand against uh, the LGBT law. Uh, against me, a punk band also just played the show and then donated all of the money that they got from the show back to LGBT uh, 
uh, uh, I guess what that would say, uh, LGBT uh, groups. Groups. Thank you. Uh, groups. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think it's fantastic what the NBA is doing, uh, and, and it also kind of plays in, in line with uh, Jason Collins as well. Jason Collins probably opened the, this door. Uh, I mean, a lot of people opened this door, and Adam Silver coming in obviously helped open well, that door. I mean, but Jason one, Collins opening the the NBA uh, aspect. Of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, NBA he is aspect. the bridge. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the one I think of that he was. The first in my mind on TV to actually say, yeah, I won't go there was Charles Barkley said something like, you know what? I won't go to the All-Star game if it's still there. Yeah. Like, I blatantly will not go to this game because that is not right. Yeah, it's not like Charles would ever hold back his opinion on something. Never, never. So. Charles, that's terrible. That's I, I think, terrible. I think it's absolutely fantastic what the NBA is doing. And uh, what do you think? Uh, I think I think they're talking about New Orleans getting the All-Star game. Where do you? What, what's your prediction for the All-Star game in 2017? Where where will we be uh, host, hosting the, the NBA All-Star game? I wasn't seriously thinking about it, but when Dave threw the joke out uh, in pre-podcast was... Seattle, man, what a gift that would be to the city of Seattle. Hey, you know, gift or is that I, just rubbing it? No, in? no, no. I think it's a gift because it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you know what? We're gonna go ahead, and I know you're you're still sad about your NBA team, but here you get the biggest game in the middle of the year to celebrate basketball once again in the city of Seattle. Maybe maybe it's a good faith move, and it's like, hey, the next round of expansion, we're coming back. I don't know. Maybe I just don't, something to plant the idea there. Las Vegas. Vegas, maybe Brooklyn, having a Vegas All Star New York game? are all open. Uh, yeah, well, Bro- Brooklyn might be difficult because they just did it. I think. I think uh, they got the draft. New or- yeah, New Orleans True. is up there because New Orleans is. Uh, they can host it. Yeah, yeah, they can host it. They have a lot of infrastructure that that lends them to that as well. Uh, I think also uh, both said they're opening to ho- open to hosting it, but uh, there's obviously been uh, ownership or assholes ownership problems there. Where uh, <laughs> fucking Reinsdorf? Well, Reinsdorf wants to He's host a fan it, for Scott, which wants, is weird to hear. But out of, out of respect to his season to- uh, ticket holders, he doesn't want them to get displaced. So he wants he wants the yeah. season ticket holders to get a first crack at tickets. I like I like that from Reinsdorf saying mm-hmm. he wants he wants people to his season ticket holders who are paying money to see games to, I just to get first all, crack. I just I want wanna, the All Star game here in Chicago. I think that'd be cool. Get the Olympics. Chicago would be great. Otherwise, I'm I'm naming West Coast. Give me something on the West Coast. Well, They've got twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen has a Staples Center, so they are going yeah. to West Coast then. So I think maybe they'll keep it on the East Coast there. Uh, but Fair yeah, I, I, would, I, I would I would like to see uh, one in Chicago because I think the last time was Jordan's uh, dunk contest mm-hmm. when, in '89. Chicago Stadium, yeah. Yeah, I think that that was Jeez. the last time. So I think that, that was, was the last year of the Chicago Stadium too. That that might have been. I believe it was. I mean, I wasn't alive for that. But. Neither was I. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think I think New Orleans is probably the most likely just because they do have the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But Chicago would be cool. Can I throw out one question just to kind of do it? But the one thing we see this now, the NBA pull out. Yeah. Is there any chance that now in the college side of it, I know it's different from the NBA, but it draws in, the ACC, yeah, their title game right now is still in Charlotte. Yeah. Because of the NBA, does the ACC in college football go, yep, ACC game no longer in Charlotte? I, I think that's harder because yeah. they're a limited group, and I don't know if they have all the I mean, they've still got other options. Obviously, the ACC has multiple schools in it, but... Look, you can just play I, in Miami. You can go ahead and play. I don't it. see them doing it. See, yeah, I, I, I think they should. I mean, obviously, I think oh, they I, I'm for you. I, yeah. I think if the bill is still there at that time, definitely mm-hmm. you should do something. I don't know if they have what it takes though. Like the NBA, the cojones, the cojones, and the coordination yeah. because it's it's you have to get the approval. And the NCAA mm-hmm. is a very regimented board. Mm-hmm. All these like laws, rules, everything over. Well, and really, yeah. if that decision, it would just be the ACC would decide. Hey, we're. Yeah, I don't know our if title the ACC game. can decide yeah. that on their own, though. I don't know either. They would. We're, that's the thing with Adam Silver that 
Yeah. I like about him. He's he can a just guy, mic drop that shit. Well, he's a guy that he's like, I'm going to make this stand. I'm going to make this stand. I'm going to come in and this is what I see is right. I'm going to make this decision. Stern leader. And it's like, you know what? He's one of the best commissioners that I think out of Manfred, Goodell, out of uh, Batman in the NHL. He's the best commissioner. Goodell and Batman aren't in that discussion <laughs> at all. Goodell, definitely not. <laughs> Batman's caused like two three lockouts already manfred and manfred and uh see how i egged him on with the yeah, batman had to. Matt, manfred and silver have obviously been doing fantastic jobs after taking over for bud selig and david stern so i i, I love what david uh i mean i'm sorry i love what uh what mr silver commissioner silver has done uh with the nba i think this is a power move i think this is fantastic and I, I, I you look at the way he's been running the nba and mm-hmm. i mean upswing in, uh, in income upswing in the salary cap Upswing and just you know making stands. I think it's fantastic what the NBA is doing. People might say, "Oh, I don't like this." You know, bringing in outside part, uh, you know, outside uh, p- political stuff into uh, our sports world. But just like Dave said, sports won't matter. You know, this All Star Game will not well, matter in fifty years. It, but making a stand politically will matter. And it it will push side. something. And it's one of those things where these leagues have become because of our society. They've become some of the most influential. People, the most watched the planet, thing every single year is the Super Bowl. You know yeah. what? You want to make change? Pull out the biggest business. Say we ain't going to do business in your town until this changes. Shit'll probably get done. I'll Absolutely. be honest. Yeah, and and you can't pull. The, I, I doubt they're going to pull the team from Charlotte. And and plus, no, that's an owner decision. Yeah, and and the ACC. It's not like you're going to pull Duke University from North Carolina no, or North Carolina. Yeah, no, no, but no. You can pull that no, title. But, game. Yeah, but you can pull the title game. So obviously, obviously, uh, that will hurt them financially. Uh, Charlotte. Hopefully, they the the North Carolina government smartens up and mm-hmm. and doesn't take away basic freedoms. Uh, from people, we're going to move on to the United States national basketball team. Something that is making uh, headlines for different reasons, and it's absolutely beating up on the Argentina national team. Andres Nocioni uh, being the leading scorer for what that. What a blast uh, from the team. past! There's a Bulls fan. Nos coming up big. Uh, yeah, and the current Bull, Jimmy Butler, was not coming up big. But I, yeah, I go figure. Would, would you expect if if I came in and was like? Nocioni is going to outshow Jimmy Butler at the Olympics. <laughs> You'd be like, get the fuck out of here. It's not the Olympics yet. So it's a, don't yeah, worry. It, it's just a practice. It's a warm-up game. It is a warm-up game. Uh, the, the U.S. men's basketball team won 111-74. I think the biggest problem for this men's basketball team is that they didn't win all the quarters. They tied one. The third quarter was 24-24. That's a big issue Slackers. there. That's a big issue. Um, it's not really will USA win gold because, honestly, do we any? does anyone think that they're going to lose a game? Uh, no. Okay. No, probably not. Um. <laughs> what what problems do you see with this U.S. men's There's basketball There's only team? one ball. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this team, <laughs> this team has a lot of great scores and who love the ball. Who love them. having the ball. Uh, it honestly, it's one of my favorite times of the year is getting to watch you know the Olympics. I know it happens once every four, but. Like watching Mello in the Olympics is just one of the most fun things ever because you get to see like true Mello. Like mm-hmm. this is where he thrives. This is where he has fun. He just jacks up Shooting threes 50% all day. Fifty percent from the field and sixty two percent from three. Yeah, <laughs> he just he just kills it in international play. Who knew? Real um, quick with Carmelo shooting sixty two from three. It's not like he shot one or something. He no. shot eight. He was five from eight from three, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. But anyways, and over his career, he he does like if you look back at the 08 round, like he, he killed it from three. Like this, this is just his shit now. The thing with Melo... He is the best Olympic player in, in the last three Olympics. Th- 
The well, thi- too. Yeah. Two. The thing with Melo is, is if I'm the Knicks, I'm like, all right, let's see what offense they're running, and let's just get in players that fit that mold because that's what we're doing. So basically, you're talking to Coach K. And you you're need saying, to shrink so the how ball are you a little bit. The best yeah, out of- the three line. <laughs> shrink, shrink the ball, moving the three line. But still, I mean, what Carmelo does, it, it's fantastic. It's and, fun and, to watch. In watching all of these players come out, and, and this isn't even the best lineup we can put. No. The no, two no. best players in the NBA, Steph Curry and LeBron James, aren't on the yeah, floor. Multiple yeah. people turn this down, but guess what? We still got Kevin Durant out there who was just killing it. Uh, you still had Paul George who like effortlessly dunked down like six times on them. It was just, it's so much fun to watch. And, you know, it, it's not going to always be very competitive. In fact, it probably won't be competitive very often, Mm-mm. but... Look, this is this is our sport, and this mm-hmm. is kind of an expected result to happen. If we go out there and we lose a game, like shit's gonna hit the fan. Like this is you know dumpster fire. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, I know. I, I think I think the Olympics is not going to be that that exciting this year. When at least for uh, U.S. and U.S.A. men's basketball uh, uh, games, but I, I think that it will be fun seeing all these players come together and especially seeing that Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and uh Clay Kevin Durant whiffing from three all day. One for seven is brutal. Talk about hey. the second best shooter in the NBA can't even make a but you moved in three. Harrison Barnes still hasn't made a three. <laughs> oh for one this game. Um yeah, but the, the thing with the thing with the US men's basketball team is I, I would be absolutely shocked if they didn't win. And the only team I could see them beating beating them is Spain. But I'm like 99.9% sure USA will not lose to Spain. But the thing that I want to ask is, do you think that the U.S. team will ever be will, will ever not be the top team? Because we've seen so many international players come over in this draft and be you know top uh, top uh, top uh, first round picks. I think what, what 15 of the 30 were mm-hmm. international players. Do you ever think the international teams will ever be on the level of the United States? I mean, we did see it in 04 when we screwed around and got bronze. That was a pretty embarrassing year for us. Uh, but if we put our best players out there every year, no, we will not lose. But that's the question. Are we going to? I mean, we've seen some players you know, this year be like, nah, I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm going to let my body recover which I think we're all fine with. Uh, well, and this but, year also has the extra Zika virus kind of implications well, yeah, Brazil is not it. exactly the safest or healthiest place in the world right now. It mm-hmm. might be the worst idea to have an Olympics there, but yeah. Like, I mean, and on the basketball side, you're probably like, yeah, sure, it's not that bad to go there, but if I'm on the rowing team, I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm going shit. near water. Yeah. If I expect to drink water or anything, like, yeah, no. I think a body just washed up on their uh, the, the men's volleyball oh, court or mm-hmm. something, the Saints volleyball. I mean, it, it is uh, atrocious what's going on in Rio de Janeiro it's, it it doesn't seem like they're ready to host the Olympics but but the thing is is do you ever think we will see a change in international basketball where the United States will go back to the amateur rule only where it's collegiate players or do you think US will always dominate it's if enough players like this year we've seen like LeBron and Steph were two of the examples they were like you know what I'm just going to give my body a rest if we see enough of those players say yeah I rather rest than play then maybe, otherwise, no. I think I think it would be more competitive, obviously. But it, I think, and it, it would it would kind of be more exciting because. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing it because yeah. you would get to throw the either young. I would say for me, throw the young guy like maybe I would say from just, two years in, like going into your second year in the NBA and below. Really, I, di- I disagree. I would just say kids, I'm going with kids zero who, pro. Yeah, no pro experience. So kids that are drafted that can be drafted. So like Brandon Ingram can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. I would say I would say just keep it strictly with college kids. I think that'd be I think that'd be fantastic. The other thing is it gives them a huge like oh now you're going to be a pro you're going to play against mm-hmm. the top players around the world. That would be awesome. And I know it's just you know. Well, we would be doing this, not every other country would be. 
I think that would bring the level of competition a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think for the sure. games would be better. Well, and the NBA is different than like in like hockey is such a global game to where y- yeah, players come to the NHL to play for us, but Russia's still got a good team. Um, Canada, obviously. Canada has a great team, and most of our pros play for Canada. In baseball, it's we're not the only ones. You've got Cuba and the Dominican Republic that have their own teams as well. And for the NBA, though, it's all these international players come to us to play. Like, they play in the EuroLeague, and that's like my end goal is to play in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. And obviously with soccer, it's it's usually, we're usually one of the worst teams. So either, it, We're getting seems, up there, though. We're getting no, better. We're uh, anyways. It's I, a slow, long, think, improving, you know. I, I don't know. But <laughs> any, uh, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I, I, all I know we is. Are, we are getting better, and it is gaining a little bit of popularity here. It's yeah. gaining popularity, but we're still not that good. Anyways, uh, hey but, man, but we made it to the quarterfinal. I think this what, is Copa. Was that the Copa we were that in? That was Copa. That wasn't yeah. even all of the so, national teams. So we still teams. made it to the quarterfinals. Anyways, uh, uh, the thing the thing I want to mention, the kind of bring up though, is basketball is really the only you know t- uh, sport without competition. I mean, mm-hmm. basketball is always well, dominated I mean, by football. Is not in the Olympics. Well, we're the only. Uh, we're also the only other country that plays. False, Canada. Okay. We're the only. Boom. We are the only. What do you co- got? We are the we only had, continent that plays that's why American football. football. That's why when you With say football, American players. <laughs> that's why when you say football, most people go, "Oh, American football, football? or yeah. football." Yeah, no, I agree. Um, no, you're right. You're right. And, and it is kind of a weird thing that basketball made it in. Uh, baseball, we have like they have their own for it, so that's mm-hmm. not in the same running. And even in baseball, we're probably you know we're a top three team. Yeah. at all times. So. No, I, th- I think it's kind of cool that basketball is an Olympic sport. I-, I think that they will be closing the gap in the future, though. I-, I honestly do think that, you know, more and more international talent keeps getting better. And at some point, we're going to hit that, you know, that tipping point where it's like one country has got to gather enough young talent. That's the problem is we keep getting, we keep seeing more and more. You said like 15 out of the 30 were, you know, uh, international players. But they didn't all come from the same country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now we have, you know, some great guys here and there, but they got to, you know, we got to get, like, a whole family, like the Gasols. The Gasols <laughs> are great. It was like we got two of them, and they pretty much guaranteed them a run in the Olympics mm-hmm. for three straight Olympics. So, look, I'm all for that, but you need to find another country to, you know, build themselves up yeah. to a powerhouse. See, but I also think it would be more exciting having having college kids, too, because you just came off the, the tournament, and now these guys, if, awesome. they, if they didn't you know, go as where they wanted, like a guy like, uh, Sc- not Scal, but, you know, a guy like Chris Deon- Dunn and... Uh, Oh God, uh, Brandon Ingram, Denzel Valentine, Denzel, bad, uh, Brandon Ingram. But yeah, no, I think I think seeing guys that you know either disappointed uh, or disappointed with their draft stock could even impress theirs as well. But Sean, the one thing I got to throw out there: uh, would the Sixers want Ben Simmons to play there because he could get Jesus injured Christ. in the Olympics? What, what did we just start? Uh, he's also <laughs> he, he he's could, also he, Australian, he, so he, he, he wouldn't he be get on injured. He get injured though. He's also Still, Australian. They're in the Olympics though. Hey, they are. I got I got trashed. I remember that. Yeah, I got trashed on in the comments for not saying Australian make Australia made it. Remember, Sorry, though, I'm not he, paying he, he, he'd get injured, ball. so the Sixers probably wouldn't let him play anyways. Okay. Just wanted to throw that That's out That's why there. LeBron's not out there. Yeah. I mean, doesn't want to get injured, man. LeBron made, LeBron made LeBron that choice. Wants, ben Simmons didn't make that choice. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron wants to just rest up because he's played so much. Gold for the United States, yes or no? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, not, not okay. that. Probably I mean, respect. unless my boy ZQ goes out there and just dominates <laughs> on a level we haven't seen before, but probably um, not going to Unless China gets a team of giants. I think He is 7'1". That's what I'm saying. They have another 7-footer out there with Yi out there. I mean, I'm mean, i saying, like, a, a team of giants. That's that's. Hang I on. think that's going to They actually do... have three seven, four 7-footers? Seven they have four. <laughs> they develop. 
This is like there's Ooh. those 76ers out there. They have four centers. <laughs> Legit need, they've been watching a lot of Warriors basketball, but instead of small ball, they're going big ball. <laughs> They're going to have one point guard who's like 5'11", and then seven this footers like everywhere. The Kings are 76ers. Which team is this? We don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is probably the shortest fast break we've done in a while. This is going to wrap up the fast break for us. Tell us down below who impressed you in the Summer League, uh, because, I mean, we really didn't have any other questions for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Who impressed you in the Summer League, rookie-wise, or just in general? That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you're on SoundCloud, hit that like button, hit that repost button. If you are on YouTube, do not forget to hit that like button and subscribe button. I think we were one away, or we just hit 3,000 while recording this, so thank you very much for getting us that milestone. Don't forget to check out who just got roasted or who is going to be roasted. Uh, for MVP for hitting 3,000 subs. Thank you again so much for listening. It's going to wrap up this Fast Break episode. For Dave Oster and Ricky Widmer, all of our Twitter and social media info is in the bio, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.